Hi, everyone, and thanks for having me tonight. Um, this is a really important part of my 12-step work and a great part of my recovery. It helps me stay in recovery and helps me work my program to the best of my ability. <clears throat> um, I'll just give you a little bit of background about myself. Um, I grew up just in a really tiny town, and I only had one brother. Um, but And I seemingly grew up in a really normal family of, you know, two parents, two kids, um, small town, <laughs> but I always felt different. And out of all my cousins and all my friends, I was always the chubby one. I always had the biggest feet. I always had, I was the tallest. I was just the biggest kid. And even though my brother was older than me, I was bigger than him too. And it just, always made me feel just odd but it wasn't just physically that I felt different I always felt mentally different just you know behaviorally different and it just felt like something was missing um, I remember from a really young age maybe about five or six years old and I would always really look forward to meal times. And I would even sneak food because if I wanted food between meals, that would be something in my family that I would be shamed for. No, you can't eat between meals. You're already heavy. You can't, you can't have extra food. So then that made me feel shameful. So then I wanted to eat more. And I felt like I deserved to eat more because I was hungry, so I should have more, right? And so that that feeling of wanting more was already developing at a really young age. And my parents became really concerned when I got to be about seven years old and I weighed about 100. Um, they, and I got to be maybe... I think I might have been nine, and my parents put me on my first official diet. We had tried other things before that, like my mom would, you know, say, okay, let's track your calories, and we would have a chart with my weight, and um, that never lasted very long. You know, she would try to give me, you know, like a hard-boiled egg with toast and, you know, things like that, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that never lasted very long, and, um uh, it just was difficult for a child to to maintain that type of um, eating pattern. So in fourth grade, I went on a diet, and I learned about you know restricting calories and what was normal to eat, how to restrict my calories and things like that. But at the same time, even then, I was still learning. And, and tricking myself into manipulating food. And control is a big theme in my life. You know, as I look back, I'm looking back and I think, you know, I really just wanted control over things. And I was very codependent in a lot of my relationships. And my, my relationship with food has always been very codependent. I depended on food to regulate my emotions. 
I depended on food to help me feel better and to do things for me that food is just not capable of doing. So I was manipulating food in ways that it just doesn't work. But, you know, that was, that was something that would culminate, you know, in my deeper, deeper disease later in life. And I became so resentful of my parents for being enablers, but they were also kind of controllers as well and codependent in my life. And, you know, these these patterns would set the stage for all of these compulsive eating behaviors that I would have later. And I used to think that I had these problems with food, but it really wasn't issues with food. The food wasn't the problem. It was my behaviors that were the problem. And I never could quite put my finger on what the problem was. I never really could figure it out because I had issues with food, but I also had issues with relationships. And they seemed kind of intertwined. And I just couldn't really figure it out. And, you know, I would try to manipulate food. I would try to manipulate and relationships. And it just, you know, it never really made sense to me why nothing worked. And I got to be about 20, 21 years old. And I decided that I was going to be normal. Enough of this not being normal stuff. I was going to now be normal. And I just became a people pleaser. I started, I went out and I got a job at a corporation. I was doing everything my parents thought I should do. I I was doing great at my job. I did everything that everyone at my job wanted me to do. And underlying all of it was a lot of fear. And, you know, it it just, you know, I was still doing all the compulsive eating and, Um, you know, it just kind of piled on itself and it became more and more unmanageable as I went along. The more people-pleasing I did, the less in control I was and the more compulsive eating I was doing. And this this included restriction and starving. So even though I may have been at a lower weight, I was still miserable and I was still... Um, I was still engaging in compulsive behaviors. So, you know, looking for ways to compulsively eat. How long can I go without eating so that I can binge later on? It was that kind of thinking. It's really unhealthy. Um, You know, and I just kept going like that for years and years. And then I became, you know, married and I had kids and it really started to hit me that my compulsive eating was, and these behaviors were kind of intertwined with my relationships. I could see that my eating behaviors were affecting my family and my husband and my children And I knew that something had to change. And it all kind of came to a head during the pandemic. It was in 2021. And I kind of got to the point where 
I had gotten so heavy that, you know, we were all kind of stuck inside. I'd gotten really heavy and I was having trouble getting around more. And I was, I felt so powerless. I just felt, you know, that whole, you know, I am powerless and my life had become unmanageable. And, you know, the anger that I felt about being powerless, um, that desperation that I had really was the thing that brought me to OA. I knew something had to change because I was just selfishly angry. The food was no longer working. And that that way that I had always used food to regulate my emotions, it just didn't work anymore. It didn't calm my fears. It didn't lower my anxiety levels. It was adding to my anxiety levels because I knew it was making my health worse. And <clears throat> I was lashing out at my my husband and my kids, and they did not deserve that. So, you know, I started taking a look at myself and my, my relationships, and I realized that I was harming people and I needed to do something about it. So what I ended up doing was, um, you know, I remembered a therapist that told me about OA like 10 years ago, 10 years prior. And I went I went online and I looked for meetings and the only ones I could find at the time were online. So that's where I started to go to meetings and it all kind of went from there. I found a sponsor and worked the steps. She took me through the steps and, you know, I made those decisions in step one through three. I knew that I was powerless. My life had become unmanageable. And I had to hand it all over to God. I knew God had the power to help me. And that's what I needed to do. I had to just give it all to him. And then the action that I took from step four through nine was what brought me to the realization that I needed to fix what I had done and all those harms that I had done and just began to clear away the wreckage of my past, ask God to remove all of those shortcomings from me because that's really all we can do is ask God to remove them because we don't have the power to do that. And, you know, while I had felt resentment toward a lot of people, the fact of the matter was is that I had actually caused them a lot of harm. It really wasn't their fault. So the way that I take action in my program now is that I am working steps 10, 11, and 12 every single day in order to avoid or do my best to stop my compulsive eating behaviors. And life is not perfect. You know, life happens. Things happen. But that's why we have 10 steps. And that's what I have my sponsor for. Um, She helps me to reflect on my character defects and to take action to correct what is happening and to make amends quickly when I've done harm. And I do a morning meditation every morning to try to set my thinking right in the, in the morning 
And I try to make sure at night that I'm doing an 11th step with my sponsor to make sure that I haven't missed anything. And as far as the 12th step goes, um, that's what I consider to be some of my most, that's what I like to do the most in my program is doing work with other people. And it, I think that's what helps me the most to stay in my recovery. Because if I don't share what has been given to me, I can't keep it. And working with newcomers and people returning from relapse, um, just anyone who needs outreach, that is what I love to do. I love sharing my experience, strength, and hope with anyone who needs it. And that is just, you know, what I consider to be the bottom line of my, of my recovery. Um, and that is what keeps me in the promises of the steps. Um, I am starting to really realize the promises, uh, just that, you know, the, the spiritual experience that I had when I first recovered was not overwhelming. Um, it was, I've kind of been having, you know, kind of spiritual experiences as I go. And it's happened gradually over the, the maybe two and a half years that I've been in OA. Um, on page 567 of the big book, it kind of talks about it. It talks about a garden variety spiritual experience. And some people have these tremendous, powerful spiritual experiences that change them forever. And that's wonderful, but that's not really what happened to me. Um, it took me a while to really grasp every aspect of my program. And I'm still getting, you know, I still learn all the time. But at this point in my program, my life is happy, joyous, and free. And I do not obsess about food. I am not engaging in compulsive eating behaviors. I am not trying to control my food. I don't walk into a restaurant and feel like I'm in jail anymore. <laughs> I know that I'm going to find something to eat no matter where I am. I do not feel fearful of food anymore. And I'm not engaging in those in the restriction and the binging and that manipulation. And I don't do it with people like I used to either. I know I have, I have my moments, everybody does, but that's what 10 steps are for. And I'm, I'm able to take a look at myself and being able to just reflect on my own behaviors, especially in my own relationships. Uh, that helps me with my relationship with food as well. Gentle reminder, and, um, five minutes <clears throat> Thank you. Um, my marriage has improved many times over. Um, we can have discussions about things. I can respond without reacting. Um, and just my relationship with my children has improved. Uh, we are close. We, you know, I was so afraid that I would alienate them with my terrible behavior before. And now um, 
you know, I'm here for them in ways that I couldn't be before because I'm not as self-focused as I was. And I'm also enjoying the presence of everyone in my life. I don't focus on food when I go to social events. I'm focused on the people there. And um, I'm able to really enjoy, you know, connecting with others on a truly real level where I was never able to do that before. And now that I'm in recovery, just one day at a time, I know that I only get this as a daily reprieve. If I let up on my program, this recovery will never last. I have to keep coming back. And um, if, you know, I know that I'm just like every other compulsive eater and that if I stop my work, um, you know, this, this disease will come back stronger than ever. And this fellowship gives me strength. And I know that we can recover together. We need each other. Um, and I'm always urging everybody I talk to to keep coming back to meetings and just attend as many different types of meetings as possible. You just never know what you're going to hear at the different types of meetings because there is strong recovery. Um, I know that if I hadn't attended the meeting that I went to, what you know, that my sponsor was, I was first, you know, truly desperate, I would have never met her and gotten the recovery that I have today. Um, and that's been over two years. And um, I have released 70 plus pounds at this point, And um, I have, I have more to release, but I'm working on it. And, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do it without OA. So um, I know if I leave, I'll die. And I just have to, I have to stay. So um, with that, I'll pass. Um, and uh, I will give my contact information uh, after the recording stops.